Alright, just give it a couple seconds of quiet. 9-1 location near emergency. Uh, 3-1 Gray Eagle. Gray Eagle? Alright, what's the number you're calling me from? Uh, 509-4523. Okay, and tell me exactly what's happening. Um, so I just saw hounds chasing wildlife through my property and I shot at it. Okay. Right, is this is this that project that the Kalispells are doing? Uh, you know, ma'am, I am I am not sure, but you you shot at the hounds or the wildlife? Yep, the hounds. Okay. 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 Do you know if you hit any of the animals at all? Uh, no. Okay. You you don't know, or you didn't you didn't hit the animals? No, the dog, and we have the dog. Um, the dog came back to us. I you need to send enforcement out here. Okay. All right. But did you? All right. Hit, thank you. No, stay on the line with me, ma'am. Stay on the line with me. I have some more questions for you. Okay. No, because if they show up at my house, they've already threatened us before. I need you to send the police immediately. Okay. okay. Who's already threatened? Yeah, we're armed, and we need we need we need nine one one here immediately. Okay. Okay. I understand. Thank Who you. Who's threatened you before, ma'am? Nine one location near emergency. Uh, three one green eagle. Oh, I hit the button again. Dang it. <laughs> I on and off, on and off. See, I'm not very good at this, man. <laughs> it's because you're shaking mad over it. <clears throat> yeah. Man. You want to talk about a cold start? That's like a rough start. That's like a that's that's some adrenaline. Um. Dude. Anyways, so you'll you'll uh you'll be surprised to learn more details about that. Who that nine one one caller was on the on the phone there. Yeah, believe it or not, it gets worse. It does, it does, it gets worse. If you would believe that that girl, that gal, whatever, um, person uh, that was shooting at the hound is a Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife employee, and we'll cover up some details. But anyway, Shorty Gorham, welcome. Good to be here. (laughs) How do you like that start? How how does that make you feel? Man, I just warm and tingly, you know? Man, oh man, I uh wow. That that that's crazy. That's a pretty that's, rough start. I've got all kinds of crazy things going through my mind right now. It is rough. James? Yeah. We got you here too. You know a little bit more about the whole story, so you're going to help fill in some Yeah, and not only is she a uh employee of Department of Fish and Wildlife, but her position is actually a, a wildlife conflict specialist. Um and basically her whole job is revolved around problem wildlife. And uh, I guess yeah. if we want to get into that backstory right now or. Well, we'll, we'll or, just ease into it. <laughs> just slow roll it, Jim. <laughs> we already started really fast and we might as well, everybody's probably curious, but, but yeah, for, for those who don't know, a conflict specialist is a person that would show up if you had any kind of wildlife conflict in that would be region one, which would be like Spokane area, Northeast Washington. But that gal, Candace, 100% has probably, I don't know how many times, I don't, I've never met her, but she has used dogs to capture cougars or, you know, so she's no, it's not like she's not aware of hounds. You know what I mean? It's not like she's, she don't she know the rules. Them. Yeah. She knows exactly what a she's hound is. She's supposed to work with them. Yeah. Frequently. Apparently, yeah, she she didn't call it a dog. She called it a hound. I mean, she knew what she was she was doing, and I got my suspicion on why. But 
we'll uh we'll talk about that later so anyway shorty um we got we got you here we're gonna i want your opinion on this you've been doing a lot of work with with some cap cap i'm watching you in like over there in florida mm -hmm. uh, california new mexico you're all over the place yeah yeah and, and uh just well i've traveled all my life whether it's for for bull ridings or or hunting you know it's what i do i travel so so do they uh, have the jet the lear jet with the pbr that you gotta put your dogs in with you or, or? we've been trying to talk them into that for a long time but <laughs> unfortunately there's no budget for that no, all right. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I was hoping it was a better story i was like man he's just yeah shorty's just big high rolling man you don't have to put no mask on none of this, this no uh, commercial flights no, unfortunately, that's uh, that's not the case. I get to go stand in line just like everyone else every weekend. So, well, I don't want to talk yep. too much on this um, this issue. I mean, I'm I'm pretty passionate about it. Whenever somebody's shooting at a dog, yeah, especially to find I want we want to talk about the backstory on this dog that got shot at. The, the dog didn't get shot, so I, I don't want to put words Thank in goodness. mouth. But yeah. a Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife employee did shoot at a dog that was working for another <laughs> Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife right. employee. So it's like one That's employee crazy. shooting at a dog that's working for another Washington Department of Fish. That dog was uh what was it, chasing it was uh it was trailing a bear that was Well it it wasn't even trailing a bear at that point. At that point in time the the race was over. Um and I guess we forgot to add also that 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 dog is only 11 months old. It's just a pup. It's a puppy. That's a pup. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But... So it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, so anyway, so we're going to, we're going to back up. We played this story. We've got people's interest. We'll play it one more time so that you can like yeah, fully. Now that they know a little backstory. It's kind of awkward sitting there listening when we're all looking at each other and we're playing this tape and it's like, <laughs> man, don't say nothing. Um, maybe next time we'll talk through it so that we don't, it's this awkward, <laughs> just us looking at each other, but. Anyways, Candace is a um, Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife conflict specialist. She's a person that shows up if you have a cougar problem in, in that area. She's the, she's the person on staff that's supposed to show up to help you capture a problem cougar. If, if there's, if there's We're talking public little, safety threats, depredation. Little kid killed, little, whatever it is. And I'm going to tell you right now, who... And what houndsman is going to bring their dogs to that lady to let her use, the, you know, to, to help her right now? I, I don't know. Like, Live by the sword, die by the sword, man. I guess. I, no way would I go anywhere near her with a dog. Yeah. No, I mean, she was, she was hard enough to work with beforehand. And at this point in time, um, at least, I guess, speaking on for myself, um, yeah, there's, there's no way that. I'll ever be involved with her in any way, shape, or form again. I I was thinking in some of the meetings that they're talking about like the the dangers of dogs and like wolves and you know what I mean? Like all the stuff that they tell you, oh, it's dangerous for your dogs and this and that and this, why you can't. And it's like, well, you know, the biggest danger right now is Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife employees shooting at dogs. I mean, that's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's on my top list of, of how my hounds could die tomorrow. It's like, yeah, maybe... <laughs> Maybe Department of Fish and Wildlife employees are shooting at dogs right now. So, yeah, it uh, should be an ex Department of Fish and Wildlife employee by now, but it should be. Now I'm kind of disappointed in that, and I, I hope. Can't believe it. I mean, I 
if if there's anything, this gal needs to lose her job. I mean, she is not like. I mean, when my wife heard this, she was like beside everybody that I've played this to is like beside themselves when they listen to this. It's like just oh yeah, I shot at the hound, and it's like yeah, you're number one, you're lying because that dog wasn't chasing wildlife. You didn't see it chase wildlife. You know, the the dog was working on a bear problem. And she specifically mentions the Kalispell tribe. So she, you know, you right. know that she knows. Exactly. She thought it was on the cougar study. And it's like, no, you thought wrong. You know, it was that old saying about of an assumption. You know, make an ass yep. out of you and me. No kidding. That's what she did that day. And I honestly think she shot and then she quickly, like, probably regretted it. You know, if you're going to be honest, I mean, she probably was like shaking in her boots mad. Thinking, you know, because there's, you know, so there's a lot of backstory in that gal right. and cougars and the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. If you peel back the onion and you look back mm-hmm. at some of the the groups inside of Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, like just that call, you wouldn't know anything about. But if you just peeled back and looked at the groups, and I got a couple emails that I'm going to share to just give a little bit of a picture. You know, it's, these are public request documents that I've been sent over the, the last year or whatever. And some of these statements that I see within the, the, especially around cougars, is you just start seeing this group within the department that it's like this clan. And this gal is, is a part of that group. I mean, I, I got an email that, that pretty much, her email, count me in. So one, one of the gals, or one of the guys, another conflict specialist says, I think we are now part of a club. We should all get matching tattoos. Now that's a, that's a fish and wildlife <laughs> employee from company email, from the government that, email yeah, address. From a company, yeah, exactly, from a company email, and I can't see where he sent it to. Um, it's uh, another conflict specialist in Region 5. I can see that he sent it. I can't see where he sent it, but I can see this Candace Bennett, who is the gal on the 911 tape, says, can't count me in. So my first question to Candace and, and this other wildlife conflict <laughs> guy is, is what what tattoos? Where's <laughs> that you, baby at? Get them too? <laughs> I want to see it. I don't, I don't have any tattoos, but I might get that tattoo. Like, if I can get that tattoo, I might. I don't know if I'm, I'm part of the cl- club or not, but. Well, I guarantee you're not. You know, but, previously they, and I guess maybe we'll get to that too, but uh, they've referred to themselves as the dark side. Yeah. Of, yeah. of Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. Let me find that email here. Hold on a second. And Let's these are here. the people that are supposed to be working. I mean, the most centric of all, I would assume, is someone you would uh, want in that position you know i can handle somebody who's on the fence and doesn't fully understand you know what we do and right but these people are like straight up dead set against about it put our dog's value at zero shooting enough that they're flinging lead at them and that they want to you know sit on this high horse that well we're trying to protect these cougars but i'm okay shooting your best friend like that's that's just what it is yeah so there's this email um, it's from, and I don't know this guy, Ben, Ben Turnock or whatever. He's sending it to another bio, bio Anna Marie Prince and, uh, and Kevin, uh, Robinette or whatever. I, I don't know who these guys are. So, I mean, James might, you might know them. I don't know. They're not, not out of my area. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he's talking about, uh, Cougar management. They're specifically talking about, uh, you know, it says thoughts on the, the click attack County Cougar removal, which is a. A county here, Shorty, you probably don't understand, the listeners don't either, but Click Attack County uh, in 2009, the sheriff 
you might have seen the the it over on Facebook or whatever, but they kind of took over and said, we are going to respond to cougar conflicts in our county. Like they're the, we're the sheriff and we have public safety is a direct part of us. And so, so and, gotcha. In 2019, not 2009, just for the record. Yeah. Two, uh, 2009, 2019. Yeah. We'll give or take a little bit, but whatever. Anyway, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> November 21st, 2019 is when, when this email came out. And it was basically, you know, his his thoughts on that. I'm not going to read the email because it's it's kind of long it's or whatever. Long. And uh, but anyways, I'm just going to fast forward to to Anna Marie says Ben has joined the dark side with us. Smiley face, and and then smiley face, smiley face, the, the dark side. You know what I mean? It's like okay. And and Anne Marie Prince, for the record, is the regional biologist out of uh, out of Region One, which is where this incident. On that nine one one recording yeah. took place, um, yeah. so she's she's the head bio out of that region, and and then the best part, the reason why I have this email, I noticed this email was because Rich Bosley, he's uh, he's like a big wig up there in Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. He's the cougar guru, if you know people would call him. And anyways, his email back was, "I love that guy." So it's like you just see this, and it, yeah. it, when you get a peel Building. back and look, it's like what, yeah. What? yeah. And so, there's one more email here. We were confusing everybody, I'm sure. But this is great. They're going to have to listen to this podcast like seven times. No, it's, it's that's why it's there's the a backup up. button right there. There's a little 15 second backup button. You're like, yeah. what the hell is You're going use on? That rewind button yep. once or twice. You're going to break that backup button. I only got one more email here, and and most of these emails, like I said, if you're, you're just coming here, these emails are stemming from. Click Attack County sent out a press release to everybody. You can go find that press release. Uh, um, so, so that was a press release that was sent out in 2019 from the Click Attack Sheriff. And anyways, what it did was all these internal fish and wildlife cougar specialists, it just, I mean, they got their panties in a bunch. I mean, honestly, it 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 twisted their panties up. I'm, I don't know if that's okay to say on a podcast, but it's my podcast, so. So I'm gonna say it, but you've said so. Worse. Anyways, I see this uh, this this email, David Jones. What could possibly go wrong? And that Richard Bosley again. This is the top. You can find department. You know, I mean, he's the expert on cougars. He, I mean, he's he's an arrogant little guy. I mean, he's 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 short. Don't guy. go I mean, insult I, me. <laughs> he can't anyways, help. He's short. I know. I'm gonna get in trouble on this podcast. We need to get off this topic soon because I'm. <laughs> I'm going to piss some people off. Maybe Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife should focus on the opioid crisis or domestic abuse and assemble a task force. And this is talking about Click Attack County, right? Where they're talking about cougars. And Rich is like, oh, well, maybe we should talk on the open. You know, it's like, I don't even know where that comes in at. I mean, it boggles my my mind. Keith Kirsch responds, I heard the rumors the powers to be from Stevens and Click Attack counties had been in contact for the kids dot 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 and so it's like you see these little things when they're sending emails back and forth and i mean i got more and more but i'm not going to bore everybody just reading emails but that kind of paints a picture you know what i mean Troy? i mean if, if, right. if we're trying yep. to if you're, i'm trying to peel back the onions and go man this isn't just one gal that just shot at a hound this so is now, built in go ahead so now Troy. that now that we have that information, can we can we play that nine one one call again? Can you do that? Now that you yeah. got the backstory, Shorty's ready to hear it. So, so what we have in the Department of Fish and Wildlife right now for Washington is we have all these cougar specialists, 
cougar conflict specialist, mm-hmm. all joking with each other about opioids and, you know, just blah, 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 and the dark side and getting matching tattoos, okay? That right. all happened. I have the emails. I'm seeing that right now. Mm-hmm. It pissed me off the first time I read them. Sure. And now, as you know of this dark side and you know of this matching tattoos, so when you hear the end of it, when they're talking about a gunfight, oh, we're armed and we're going to, there's a gunfight coming. Okay, but 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 the key thing, and this is why I wanted to play it back, you just yep. said it. The key thing was not, I'm armed. Yeah. It was, we, we're armed. Yeah. So, and, and, and I know a little bit about more of the story coming up, yep. but she wasn't there alone. No, no. She we'll said talk we, about that in a minute, but let's play that tape exactly. again. Now you got a little bit of backstory. We, we've kind of covered and just just filled in. Like some of this is benign and joking. And man, if, if I had every one of my emails, there'd be some embarrassing stuff that I probably joked about that I shouldn't have joked about. I'll be I mean, I'll be one hundred percent honest. Okay, of course. But this is these the are paid employees on a on a serious issue for for that. And and so this is one of the gals. That's in the cool clubs, you know. You want to call it the cool club kid in the Washington Park Fish and Wildlife about cougars. This gal has the tattoo, so if they got tattoo, I don't know if they did or not. I'd like somebody to ask: Did they actually get the tattoos or not? <laughs> but if they did, Candace Bennett has the tattoo. She she already said that she was in on this tattoo. So here's a, here's the tape: Candace Bennett, conflict specialist, Region One, Washington Park Fish and Wildlife. Fish near emergency. Three uh, one Gray Eagle. Gray Eagle. All right, and what's the number you're calling me from? Uh, 509-4523. Okay, and tell me exactly what's happening. Um, so I just saw hounds chasing wildlife through my property, and I shot at it. Okay. All right, stop it right there. That's a, was it 10-month-old hound, James? How 10, old was 11 that? 10-month-old pup, yeah. 10, 11-month-old pup that fell out of the bear race. It wasn't even, it wasn't even the race anymore. Okay, right. and here's the hang on. Go ahead. So, and and so I've been through some law enforcement training with, with the Border Patrol, with the U.S. Border Patrol. As a law enforcement officer, they're taught mm. to recognize details, right? Yep. So, so, and they do it several different ways throughout their whole training. But they're 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 taught to know exactly what color hat you have on, shirt, shoes, everything. Um, even if they're going to pull the trigger, like it, that just becomes part of their life, part of their, their. And so she knew that that dog at the time she saw it had a collar on it because she's a trained professional. Right. Correct? So oh, yeah. she knew it wasn't just some wild hound chasing game, which she, supposedly she thought, chasing game. She thought she knew who it belonged to probably. Exactly. Exactly. Like, so tar- yeah. that's, and you're going to hear that right here coming that's up. That's her first problem right there. Yep, listen to right here, what, what you're talking about. That project that the Kalispells are doing? Let me get back up because I, I stepped on it. Is this, is this that project that the Kalispells are doing? Uh, you know, man. There you go. Right there. The, the 911 officer. <laughs> like, how like he's stupid. He's got a bill. Like, the 911. Yeah, is Shorty in Portland? Because <laughs> I'm going right, to go right. see if he's... <laughs> <laughs> like, what yeah. kind of question are you asking your 911 officer? Like... How uh, bad did that, I just screw yeah. up? Was that question, or did I get yeah. away with it? <laughs> right. Yeah, she's right. got some adrenaline going. I can tell you that right now. She's I, making I some think mistakes. she was setting herself up for the for the statement to come. Yeah, you know she's exactly. she's trying to paint a picture for 
for herself of of what's to come. Yeah. And the and the dark side. Is the, that the those guys? <laughs> those those yeah. horrible yeah. guys. Right. Yeah. Let's finish this tape. Um, I am I am not sure, but you you shot at the hounds or the wildlife? Yep, the hounds. Okay. Do you know if you hit any of the animals at all? Uh, no. Okay, you, you don't know, or you didn't you didn't hit the animals? No, the dog, and we have the dog. Um, the dog came back to us. I, you need to send enforcement out here. Okay, all right, but did you? All right, hit, thank you. No, stand the line with me, ma'am. Stand the line with me. I have some more questions for you. Okay. No, because if they show up at my house, they've already threatened us before. I need you to send the police immediately. Okay, okay. who's already threatened? Yeah, we're armed, and we need we need we need nine one one here immediately. Okay, okay, I understand. Thank you. Who has threatened you before, ma'am? And, and that's the point where it didn't go the way she thought it was going to go. I think. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's when the Those credit to that nine one one officer. I mean, th- those guys. When I mean, you listen to them in high stress situations, I mean. It, it's actually mm-hmm. really impressive. Like oh, I'd have yeah. been like, "You what? You're like stupid." I would have lost my cooler right there. You're shooting a dog, but oh yeah. And well, so right to listen to listen to her in a high stress situation when, I mean, she's a law enforcement officer herself, officer herself, and you know this. There's so much emotion yeah. behind mountain lions in the state of Washington that yeah. you know something as simple as the sight of a hound dog can turn a trained the law side enforcement of a, officer. The sight of an 11-month-old yep. puppy. You know was I mean? not even fell out of a bear race. She feels like she needs a shootout. You know, a trained officer who it, it, their entire job is stressful and, yeah. and, and completely conflict. flip her world upside down. So so yeah. I want to I tee off of that exactly because my career for the last – 25, 26 years is, is a stressful career. Right. And so we, it's, How it's an so? environment. So? Well, I, I can't see it, Shorty. What do you mean? <laughs> so, but, but much like law enforcement officers, when, when the stressful moments come, like when, when that's what you do, your world like slows down. Right. Right. It, it's not, you know what I mean? Like it, it really does. It really just slows down and she could see <clears> everything. <throat> she could hear everything. She can, it, it's not like she's like the picture she's trying to paint where it's, she's freaked out because there's a dog chasing her and that some guys trying to or had have threatened her, which how did she know whose dog it was? Um, right. But but yeah, a trained professional, they everything slows down in those situations. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's interesting on different levels. Like I I want to get into some of your stuff later. We're going to talk about that more. So I'm going to write that uh, down we, as a note. We don't have wanna, to. We don't have to. I definitely want to talk about some bulls in slow motion. That just that sounds a little scary to me. I, I don't know. Well, I, every go, time I see them in a bad situation, they're in fast motion. Yeah, but go watch a video like those. Uh, there's a body cam show out right now that has yeah. like law enforcement officers with body cams, and all you see is a blur, and all of a sudden there's cops shooting. Well, when you play it back in slow motion, you see the guy's hands go down, yeah. grab a gun. You see, you see it, and that's what they're trained to do. They slow things down. They see the things that nobody else sees. You know what I would want to know is I want to know was that her service shotgun? Like was that a Department of Fish and Wildlife issued shotgun right. that she shot at right. the dog? You know what I mean? Like, or did she go in and grab mm-hmm. something out of her house? You know what I mean? Like, where and what? 
Because or, yeah, or she, she just was, or she just like raking the leaves in the yard and happened to have a shotgun laying up. You know, I'm like, oh, we got the shot. You know, what I, mean? I don't. I'm just curious how well, many steps was, it took to to shoot at the dog. Mm-hmm. And she was off duty as well. Um, but even though she was off duty uh, before making that nine one one call, she had called a couple members of the dark side. Um, some other game wardens that were on duty. The tattoo club? Oh, the, oh, really? the Wii. Yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the, the Wii. Wii. There yeah. you go. The, the Wii go. there is, uh, is two other state game wardens from the supposed dark side. Uh, you know, two other law enforcement officers, and, and they're already there at that point. She had already contacted them before she had called 911. Hmm. And the, the crazy thing is, is those two game wardens came from you know quite a little ways away and they beat the houndsman there to get his dog and you know the, the houndsman I wonder, exactly I, so i'm wondering you know with with the with the tape she says we are armed right and it's like are those game wardens there did you call the 911 after the game warden showed up you know what That's i mean like, what yes. i got to send law enforcement from my understanding of the story, um, from talking to the houndsman involved and the way it worked out, um, she absolutely had to have called those other game wardens first um, before she called 911. And those other game wardens uh, from the dark side, they have had it out for this entire Kalispell project that she mentions. Um and I can attest to that because that's a project that I'm a part of. Um, yeah. And so they were, they were really hoping that they finally had us caught for a reason and that they were going to try to, to get us on something. And um, I guess to make matters worse, so the houndsman gets there and uh, – is calling for his dog, calling for his dog. And he, he's been to Candace's house before he's worked with her before. Um, he's worked with that gal. Like directly. He's he's worked with that gal and the gal that's shooting at your dog. Like, so he gets to the end of the driveway and is calling for his dog and the dog's not coming to the road. So he pulls into the driveway and as soon as he pulls into the driveway, they are trying to bust him for trespassing. And I mean, he and, had no clue at this point. At this point, when he shows up, he didn't have a clue that 911 was called. He didn't have a no. clue they shot at it. I mean, he, and, he's just looking for his dog. He's just tracking his dog. And the dog, the reason that it was not coming was because it was locked in the garage. Really? So she shot at the dog and then she caught the dog. And then she locked it into her garage, which, in my opinion, she did intentionally um, just so someone had to cross her property line in order to get the dog back. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that blows my mind. Like, so, cause, I mean, because you know, I know that there's one more step in this. I don't know if we're going to cover that, but yeah. So they had the dog locked in the garage and, uh, and that's why it wasn't coming when, when he was calling for it. And, you know, he was totally unaware of a 911 call. He was, you know, he, he had a legal depredation permit in his pocket that, you know, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife had just signed previously that day. 
Um, a different game so warden or something. A different game warden. And, and as uh, I understand, it was for a bear that was harassing a, a bear that something. had uh, bluffed, charged a couple young kids, and I believe swatted at a tent with a camper in it. So yeah, I mean, a bear that was persistently in a campground wouldn't leave. So this um, guy, would, gal, would have just got off her ass on a day off and work. She probably would have been called to this event. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Instead of shooting at the dog, she would have been calling the guy. She's like, no, today I'm not going to shoot at your dog. I'm just going to call you and ask you to help. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll shoot. Yeah. I'd... And so then then they proceeded to uh, to try to charge him and write him a trespassing ticket. Um, and I think once they realized that it was not a part of the project that they thought it was part of and that he was operating under you know, a state issued permit, a different game. We call that an Oh shit moment. They, at that point decided we're not going to give you a ticket today, but go back to your house and we'll be in touch and, and gave him his dog back. But, um, then she further, uh, pushed with, with Stevens County and, and tried to charge him for trespassing. Um, As she's locking and, his dog in the garage. And she also never mentioned while he was there or any point in time talking to him that she had called 911. And she also failed to mention the fact that she had shot at the dog. Yeah. So that was found out afterwards um, through the county sheriff's department. After law enforcement yeah. had been called, as, as the nine one one operator gets off work, goes, "I got the weirdest call." Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So these people that were at her place that are trying to push the pre- the trespassing, like those are law enforcement. Those are those are law enforcement agents. Yeah, that she in Washington Department. So Jason, hold on. In the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, you have the dark side. Yeah, it's like it's like that. you know Star Wars. You got the dark yeah. side, and you got good ones. There's good ones in there too. I'm not Those saying there there is bad. some good game wardens. There's Absolutely. some good biologists. There's For sure. there is some good people within the department, but there's there's the, the dark value. side and the good side. And yeah. I, I like guess, working with the good side. The good side's awesome. The dark side sucks. Yeah, and I would say the majority is the good side. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yep, for sure. I've worked with a lot it's, of our local, you know, game wardens or talked with them yep. over the years, and they're they're good people. But my question is, these weren't dispatched for her protection. No, she no, called they them were... privately as an ambush for this guy coming to get mm-hmm. his dog. Yes. Yep. Okay, just so I'm clear that this lady's completely crazy. Yeah, so she she called them privately and said, hey, we got him, and, uh, you know, you guys get on over here, and the, the part that I think is comical is in some of those PDR requests um, that we've you know gone through over the last year and a half, at one point in time, uh, we as houndsmen are accused of rushing to the oh. scene of a depredation. Um, and, yeah, I didn't, bring, I didn't print that email and, up. And yeah, racing, yeah. <laughs> racing to the scene of a depredation in order to beat a game warden there so we can run our dogs. And... In all reality, in this instance, um, who's the, racing? Yeah, the guy was a mile away from his hound, and and the two game wardens were able to race out of the next county over, and and get there before he did. So something there. Yeah, right? I mean the, the whole lights thing and is, sirens is going. just crazy. I mean, I, yeah, it, it is insane. It is insane. But what do you do? Yeah, and, Every, and so far there's been can. so yeah. far there has been no. Uh, no discipline handed out. 
Um, all of these officers are still currently going to work every day, just like normal. Candace uh, is working. Still. Unreal, man. Candace is working. Yeah, there, there was no administrative leave they were put on. There was no, there's been absolutely zero form of discipline handed out uh, so for this. This in, is the this problem. Whenever we're in, when, I'm, when the next time we're in a meeting and, and they're talking about, you know, the safety of our dogs, you know, because we have to go work with them or you know we got you gotta there's times where our, our dogs you know you work in the heat or whatever there's just th there's dangers that we put our dogs into dealing with a cougar it, i mean a cougar can kill a dog there's just a lot of there are dangers in it but i'm just gonna tell them you know what i'm really worried about i'm worried about your guys i'm worried about the dark side shooting at my dog <laughs> I mean, can, can you control those guys because that's what i'm really worried about well, and so i got a couple questions out of this was it was it a department issued firearm? Was that her right. shotgun that was shot at the fire at the hound? You know what I mean? Like that. I don't know why and that makes so, it any what difference. Are the, you know, if so, what are the rules around that? As a commissioned officer, you know, are you allowed to use your duty weapon to break the law? I don't. I know. mean, there's. Don't they have like ammunition counts and everything? Like all my buddies that are in law enforcement, your government issued like you're accounted for. Yeah, everything. I mean you're you're responsible for for every bullet that comes out of that gun, right? And I don't understand like this whole thing blows my mind. Like I know that there's a lot of crap that we put up with as houndsmen and outdoorsmen, but this one just takes the cake. That this we put a cougar on this pedestal, we fling lead at a dog. And now we're going to make a call to 911 to try to cover our tracks after we've called our buddies to just beat this guy up when he comes in the driveway. I mean, really, it, it sounds like something out of a middle school playground with, with a firearm, unfortunately, and somebody's yeah. puppy. And, you know, yeah. that's that's the whole thing, the way they look at the way they look at mountain lions compared to. I mean, even the way they look at bears, the the way they look at mountain lions in the state of Washington is entirely different from any other conflict animal that they can have, whether that be, you know, crop damage from elk or you got a deer that's too used to living in town and won't leave your porch or, you know, a, a bear that's eating on your fruit trees. I mean, all three of the, all, everything other than a cougar, um, there doesn't seem to be this mass emotion behind it. Um, it, it's just handled the way that a problem animal should, animal should be handled, but because it's got a cute face and a long tail for whatever reason, I mean, there is the amount of motion behind it is absolutely unreal. And I think that really shines through with, you know, just, What's just her call? voice and tone that and they're the expecting. And, and I mean, and the, the last part of that call, which is like, oh, they've threatened us. I'd like to know right. what threat. Yeah. Cause I know where's Mark, the report like, on that. I've, I've. I've been up exactly. there, you know, a couple times working on like on the callers and stuff like that. There is no threat. Like, honestly, Bart is just doing his study. I mean, he's just trying to figure out and do a study on cougars and find out what the behavior does. I mean, he doesn't and, care. And it's a study that is going to help not only Washington state, but I mean, going to help her job states across the West all over. And, and the Washington state should be happy because they're getting the science for free. I mean, they're not having to fork out the money to do the study. The The Kalispell tribe is funding this, you know, entire project. And at the end of the day, the state is going to get a 
more science off of this project alone, more data off this project alone than any other mountain lion study that's ever been done. And the goal of it is to avoid more conflicts, right? I mean, you're just playing. The entire goal of this study is to prove that, or to show that with the use of dogs, you can mitigate a lot of these depredations before they happen and not have to go in and kill so many cougars. So, I mean, yeah, that if anything, they should be all for this study. People that... They you want would to think, save every mountain lion, but but unfortunately, I and I, we we'll, we'll just have to susp- we got to have our own sus- suspicions on why. I strongly uh, suspect that it's because that they don't have the narrative. You know what I mean? Like I've yeah. seen, right? And I've just seen situations in commission meetings where you hear the anti-hunting crowd spewed off and say things that I've seen privately in emails from department. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh. Okay. You know what I mean? So the in the dogs. beginning, it's tough because right. you want to, it's like that deep state. I mean, you look at this government stuff and it's like, you just, you just don't want to believe it sometimes. And when you start peeling it back, mm-hmm. it's like, well, and if they've gone as far as uh, they've had a member of their little dark side crew, um, send over information and pictures from, us having a, a dog killed on a collaring project that was a Washington state operated project. And they gave that information to the mountain lion foundation to use against us Yeah, in, in a meeting to try to get this training program off the ground. I mean, they're, they will go to any depth imaginable to try to make the use of dogs a bad thing. So I'm with Jason. What did they do with the report of you guys, of somebody threatening them? And did they ever yeah, dispatch? Exactly. I mean, did they ever actually dispatch an officer or was that her no, just calling no, her buddies? They, they never did end up dispatching an officer out. Um, so he was charged and, by someone who was called. So there was privately. no gunfight, James. No no gunfight? No gunfight. The guy didn't have to shoot his way in there to go pick up his <laughs> didn't have to shoot his way in or out. Get in the truck. Come on, Chubby, get in the truck. Because it ain't Texas, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, shorty. Well, in, in Texas, I believe we, there's a, a right to retrieve law where you can you can retrieve your dogs. What happens when it's in the garage? You just get to go, you shoot your way in Did there. Did they pull a collar uh, off the dog, bolt, or was a collar bolt, bolt cutters? <laughs> uh, no, the, the the collar was still on the dog, and that's another interesting part of the story. Is uh, the collar was on the dog? There was name tags on the collar, and she had to have you know physically touched the dog to get it into her garage. And she never once called the owner of the dog. Somebody um, that she's worked with there before. Was, Professionally worked she with knew before. This person. Like, like she knew the person mm-hmm. on a personal level and, yeah. you know, knew his name, knew where he lived. Here's his phone number. And, and never once did she make an attempt to contact him. Instead, she just lured him into a trap on her property to try to give him a trespassing violation. Yeah, yeah. that is ridiculous. I mean, in the end, I, my takeaway from this is this woman needs to lose her job. Like, there is no question. Yeah. If she yeah. if she were to make one comment about somebody's religion or sexual orientation or religious beliefs in today's day and age, she'd be gone tomorrow. And yet we're mm-hmm. flinging lead at dogs and she's still out there patrolling and, and doing her quote unquote conflict resolvement. It's BS, man. It's all crap. And it's a narrative that... People on the fence that don't really understand what we're all about, they need to hear this. And I'll help yeah. swing you. Those people protecting these animals are trying to shoot others, man. 
Well, share this information. So I want to get. We're gonna we're gonna take a break here. I think we've we've we'll beat cool this down. thing to death. We're gonna take a <laughs> um, let let we'll crack another beer open. But the the biggest thing is is Candace Bennett shooting at a dog. Department of Fish and Wildlife employee. Call email like I think houndsmen should put a little bit of pressure on this. That you have a a. I don't even like a professional. Not just Washington houndsman. Not just Washington. We should make a statement that it is not okay for any government, anybody, period. But a government official that's supposed to be working with houndsmen and they're shooting at a dog, that's not okay. Like, that's just not okay. I don't care. I don't care. Dark side, tattoo, any of that shit doesn't matter. Don't shoot at our dogs, period. Yeah. And I mean, for those states out there that, you know, you think that this doesn't affect you and it's a long ways from home. I mean, it it can be right at your doorstep on any given day. I mean, the, there's always a fight to try to remove hounds across every state every year. And, you know, if if you don't want to end up like Washington State. Um, yeah, you staying don't. and trust me, you don't want to end up like Washington State. <laughs> and, you know, supporting other houndsmen as a whole supporting, you know, ethical houndsmen and the use of dogs as a whole. Uh, it's, you know, like we say before, we're all in this together, but the, this is definitely something that we are all in together. Yeah, for sure. Shorty, anything before we take a break? No, I think we've, I think we've covered it pretty well. I've circled it and circled it and circled now it. So you let's know take a little break. Story. Let's finish. Cause I don't, like I said, we, we talked a little bit about this more longer than I wanted to, but I, I definitely wanted to get into some other stories so we'll, we'll be right back we are live now, now. We've, we've got a little break give shorty a little break <laughs> um and uh, we want to talk so so we were talking not to rehash what we just went back to we were talking about adrenaline like worked up right explain now? that to me like what if, if if you're not if you listen to this and you don't know who Shorty Gorham is you're probably under a rock. You're like a pretty you're a pretty cool guy. But <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Cool. Wow, gee, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Shorty, uh, why don't you tell us what it is that you do for a living? Yeah. Ah, uh, well, death. um, yeah, yeah, um, no. So I fight I fight bulls for the for the Professional Bull Riders Association, otherwise known as the PBR. I have for the past sixteen years been been fighting bull for 25 26 years something like that so um so it, explain what a, a bullfighter is so it took me a little bit to to understand it right and i should yeah uh i, so, I, I didn't go around I, mean, I watched the rodeo but i wasn't like big save the, the rider's bacon that pretty much wraps it up doesn't it shorty <laughs> yeah but uh a lot of people though the first thing when they hear bullfighter and i should have been more explanatory but they think of you know spain with the cape yeah. and the yeah. swords no that's not it at all like think of the rodeo clown uh, only um in the last whatever 30 so are years there like bar fights over getting called a clown no no i well there's some guys that get offended <laughs> but hell that's our heritage you know like um it back in the day uh to get hired you had to you had to do both jobs you had to entertain the crowd Plus, you had to mm-hmm. save the bull rider. So that's why. Um, that's where that's where it came clown. from. Yep. Was, was, yep. You, you just kind of did goofy things to kind of. I mean, and it, that's the best part is sitting there. You know, you're 
you're entertaining people while while things are happening that you know right so it's kind of evolved where now you don't have to be funny like there's there's um it's kind of two specialized jobs you have your your entertainer and then you have the bullfighters and so luckily i came in at the right time because if i had to rely on being funny i'd be broke (laughs) (laughs) who's who's the guy that's always fun just joking around flint rasmus that's the guys you're thinking of yeah Yeah, that's the world what's that yeah hands down the best yep yeah yeah, I've watched a couple, mostly because I, you know, like when you're a customer and early on, I, I, you know, it was really cool for us. Like we were like, oh my gosh, that's Shorty Gorham. He's, you know what I mean. So we'd like, it's, you know, as, as a customer, <laughs> we'd be like, wow. <laughs> I remember the first time somebody tried to, they passed me one of your calls, Shorty, and they're like, yeah, I got this Shorty Gorham guy. You want me to take care of him? I said, no, I, I got a Shorty. <laughs> oh, you know him? I'm like, do you know well, who he I'll is? Take that one, that was mine. Take yeah, that right. One. That one goes to <laughs> Give me. me shorty. They're like, well, uh, I asked him, you know who that is? Well, no. I said, well, go look him up. While I'm on this phone call, and we'll talk later. Go do some studying. <laughs> I remember it must have been probably 12 years ago now or so when Matt still worked there, and and the first time Shorty called the shop, Matt's texting me and holy shit, Shorty Gorham just bought a, a tracking system from us. And it was <laughs> it was big news at W Unsupply when Shorty Gorham was buying dog collars. You made the Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> right on, right on. No, and, yeah. and I, I do have to say, but speaking of all that, like the first time we all met and everything, I remember, oh, one of the very first orders I put in, I, I there was, anyways, Buddy called me and, personally and he's like hey there's a problem with your order and i'm like oh crap you know whatever he's like there's something that's back ordered and uh um he said it's gonna be for a while and it was like this suction cup or something for whatever i don't know it is a bracket or whatever it's like a three dollar or five dollar part and and buddy was like uh he goes so you're gonna get a package from another hound supply company and he said, what I did, I called and bought the pack, bought the part from them, and they're going to send it to you. So when you get a package from another hound supply, that's what it is. And I was like, holy shit, this guy, he wants to please his, his customers. I was like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do business with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. That, so, that wasn't me, was it? I don't that. remember seeing that order come through, buddy. No, it was, <laughs> your buddy might have been running it all by himself back then. It was a while ago. <laughs> But wow, yeah, I don't even remember that story. Yeah, like, it was, and I must you have lost. Been desperate. I was. I did a lot of like faking shit back then. Yeah, it was like, well, <laughs> no. was a, well yeah, we couldn't but you do lost. all of it. We we're like, well, we just gotta make shit happen somehow. It was magic. You lost a couple <laughs> bucks on the deal, and it wasn't that big deal to me. But I thought, hell, if the guys were willing to lose lose a couple dollars to make his customers happy, he's the kind of guy I want to work with. Well, you never did put my logo on your jersey there with the Dickies. We were talking about that. Jersey. Well, so about that same time, we actually, like, we used to be able to tag on some of our own uh, sponsors, and we lost all of that. So we became exclusive to the sponsoring company. So, yeah, now we now we can't make. What's that going to run us, Shorty? <laughs> I, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. So much, oh, we know the we sponsor PBR. Plant, we got to take the whole thing, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's a uh, million, two million. We better get some more government contracts first. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, around that's my always, house. That's always really cool for us in the shop sometimes to see somebody out there and, and uh, you know, as, as you, you watch somebody on TV 
you know, and it's like, holy cow, there, there, that's the guy right there. That, that, I mean, he's a customer sometimes, so well, it's, it's, it's neat it, for us. It's cool. Like, actually, there's a lot of, of uh, rodeo people um, that are houndsmen, too, um, which, oh, you know, oftentimes it's, it's former rodeo athletes because when you're when you're hitting the rodeo road you don't have time to do much much else but some of them that are that are active are houndsmen but um but oftentimes too right the what's that like the buck and stock guys and oh yeah a lot of them yep a lot of them there's there's quite a few of them from right up there in your part of the world that that are houndsmen that that are uh you know buck and stock raisers breeders and but not, but a lot of a lot of rodeo guys fall into the outfit and business after after rodeo. For some reason, it seems like uh, a lot of them lean toward the hounds. There are some rough ass stories around rodeos, like behind the scenes stuff, isn't there, Shorty? Yeah, but it's just <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's not like it used to be. Like you know, oh, back in the day, they got away with stuff that we would go to jail for now. So it just. <laughs> It's it's not like it was even just just slightly before my time. It was it was wild, wild. Yeah. I've heard like some stories some of the the bronc riders and barrel. You know, I mean, it was just you guys all go out to different. Not you, I'm, I'm saying you, but all those guys would go around. I mean, there you got to have. I mean, to be a cowboy, you got to have a pretty tough mentality. You know what I mean? Like it's not just something you just wake up and go yeah i'm gonna try that i mean you got to be willing yep. to take a a beating and get back up and yep and uh yep and it's physically tough most most anything you do is physically tough too i always say you don't have to be tough but it sure as hell helps <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> so how did you do how did you get into the hounds are you always into hounds or what what started it for you no um i i grew up on a ranch and and uh had lions killing calves and okay had to had to figure out how to take care of it and i had i had cow dogs and and uh kind of tried to figure out which ones those wanted to wanted to trail and and whatnot and and just kind of went from there it was a slow slow roll because i never never really asked for much help or or anything like that just tried to figure it out on myself and and uh it life life's harder when you're dumb. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. amen to that, man. You got to do it. That was like we always do. It, we do it nice because we do it twice. We that's do right. It a couple times. That's right. It's always easier to do the second time. So, what is your if if you were to you know? So, I'm guessing you started with cow dogs or whatever. Tell me your one dog. What what was it? The one dog that you think back and go, that was where I started to change, or, or uh, something. You know. Actually, it was a it was a a dog that I bought from a, a uh, another houndsman from over there on the um, eastern slopes of the Sierra Nevadas, and, and I I was getting things done with the dogs that I had, but but I knew it wasn't I knew there was better, yeah. and um, and anyways I I had bought a dog from a guy and and he was a nice dog anyways he called me like a year or two later and he said hey shorty he said there's there's a couple dogs for sale he says that it's they're you know they're pretty high priced for hounds but um he said i don't know if you're interested or not but he said these are the kind of hounds that that you can catch anything anywhere mm-hmm. and i so i said hell yeah i'm interested well i 
I called the guy and it just so happened it was perfect because first five minutes of the conversation he says he says okay he says well shorty he said we'll we'll talk hounds for a little bit and then and then we're going to talk rodeo and uh <laughs> he he was an old rodeo guy yep. so uh anyways we uh we talked and and that's I, kind of an advantage when you're calling and you're short oh man him, right <laughs> no no well no when you when you hit, run into another rodeo guy it's an advantage but <laughs> but uh anyways he sold me a dog by the name of tippy and and uh and I came home and I hunted that dog and and uh, caught a couple cats and uh, right off the get go with her and and I knew right then I called I said hey I I didn't know, know exactly where what what the dogs were like that I wanted but this is I found it this is it right. I said I I want more of this stuff mm-hmm. and so we became friends and and then what was it what was it about the dog that you liked man she was just uh, she was just she was quiet. She went far. Like if, if, if she smelled a cat, she would go find it. Like she would, mm-hmm. she would, she would take it from the point that she smelled it to the point that she could trail it no matter what she had to do. And, and that's where, you know, the dogs that I had down here before they would, you know, down here, you rode the dogs, you go down the road and, and the dogs can, you know, they smell a cat, they wiggle on it a little bit. If they can take it, they do. If they don't, they just go back in the road and, and you keep going along and, and she was the first dog that I had that when she smelled it, it was like, I don't care how far or what I have to go over or through, I'm going to go find this cat. And and she would do that. And that was, that was the eye opener to me. Like, Oh wow. There's dogs that do that. And okay. So, so now like, do you think that that is, you're able to, so I guess, and maybe you don't know the answer, but so, with your other dogs, did you find that they worked harder after you started doing that more? Um, did you? I guess what you say is, did not, you watch other dogs change a little bit because uh, you were starting older tracks, or, or you know what I mean? You had a dog not, out there that wouldn't leave it. Well, um, not not really because it was a different style, buddy. Like it was, it wasn't. Um, like those those dogs would cold trail whatever they they could where if she just if she just got a whiff of it she might go six seven eight hundred yards so she so those yards. Other dogs weren't even in the race then. she just it goes no, like, they weren't even in the race like it was yeah totally separate deal like it was just okay. you know it it was and and uh it changed the way i hunted a little bit because it, and then if those dogs heard her they'd go to her and she might be way out there and it was still cold as cold and they would cold trail with her. The dogs I had could cold trail, but they didn't, they didn't, you know, get a whiff of it and go, Hey, I'm going to go until I can move. Yes. This. But I guess the question I got is, is before you probably moved forward with your dogs, right? So with that one, did you stop moving forward when she, w- when she went out, you just sat there or, or I just what sat would there. you do? I just sit there. And so, and the other dogs just sit around with you or were they, sometimes they learn? they'd get bored and, and mill around a little bit, but they didn't range out far enough oftentimes to, to get it going, Okay, you know, and it, and then, but I started aiming toward that. And the ones that sit in the road went down the road and <laughs> the ones that, that ranged, I kept going and, and just kept trying to build on that and build on that and, and build. Yeah, on and I guess that. that's what, that's what my question is, is whenever you started changing your style, mm-hmm. You had to change some dogs to go with that yeah, oh, style. A lot, a lot. But yeah. Did you did 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 you slowly build a pack of them to do that, or, or do you still just have the one or two? I'm that, still trying, man. 
<laughs> Still don't know the answer. <laughs> it's hard. Like that's damn it, that's, Shorty. I was, I was hoping you were here to tell me. <laughs> no, that's a trait that's hard to it's it's hard to come by, and it's yeah. it's um and I don't know how. I, I wish I could tell you how to make it. I just I don't know how. Um, they're far I, between. They're, they're like freaks, you know. And is all the uh, <clears throat> the stuff that you're running right now? I mean, does it all go back to the that same bloodline that you started with with her? Or um, yes, it, yes, it all does. Yeah, yeah. She was spayed. Um, the guy I got her he, when he sells the dog. It's it's spayed or neutered. But but um, I later on worked with that guy um, on a on a collared project, and uh, it's kind of funny because. I had a, a male and this male was, he was, I'd bought him from a friend of mine down here and that male was, was just like that female. And, uh, uh, anyways, I, we had kept in real close contact and, you know, we'd talk daily and tell him about my hunts and he'd tell me about his. And anyways, we went on this project together and, and I had taken that dog and the dog, he had blown his ACL out. And I shouldn't have even taken him, but I did. He, you know, he was, he was the ready for down did? here. The dog did. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I had surgery on him, but, um, he was able to hunt down here in this flat country, but in those mountains, it was a little tougher on him. Anyways, we, we went. Now, hold on. Hold on. I want to talk about it. The yep. ACL. There's, there's a couple tenants. I had a dog that tore a tenant too. And the vet said that they don't use a certain tenant very much. Yep. And so they trimmed it back on mine. I had surgery and they trimmed it back and they said this, because I told the vet, I said, if this dog's not going to hunt, I can't keep her. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't want to spend three grand on this. Right. And, and the vet was actually married to another houndsman. So she under, she goes, I understand the work that a hound does. And, and so she understood it. And I mean, that dog, I want to say that's like, she's the first to lay up. You know what I mean? For me, mm -hmm. like she's not, she's not the hardest working dog I have. Right. But absolutely, she's not getting thrown out of a race. You know what I mean? She'll right. work as hard as she can. So is that the yeah. same tenant? I mean, I, I forget it's, what it, there was. They use this quite a bit. Um, and it's it's not called the ACL. But when they when they described it to me, they said like, in a human it would be their ACL. Yeah. Um I, but um, same, I think it's the same thing. I, I wish I I wish I was smart. I would be like, I use right, a real term. Right. But I, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. So... But anyways, we had we had hunted, and he uh, he'd asked me. He said, "Do you mind if I put a couple of your hounds in my garment?" I said, "No, that's fine." And, and so, anyways, we we both did, and uh, we got on a track, and that track was it was just getting terrible, terrible track. And that dog of mine, he was you know, like I said, we were in the mountains. It was beating him up pretty good, but he uh, he would come and go, and and anyways, we got to a tough spot and each of us only had a couple of dogs that could keep the track moving and it was moving slow. And, and I saw that dog come in there and, and go to wiggling on it again. And, and, uh, I told him over the radio, I said, I said, watch this Taylor dog. And that dog just left and, and he took off and he had that track and he took it another thousand yards up there. And then it got into a, a, uh, volcanic rock slide, you know, deal. And, and they lost it. And the, and the other dogs, slowly but surely, they worked it right up, same, right on his tracks. And so he had the track. He just, he doesn't say anything. He just keeps it moving. We get back down to the, to camp and, and I'm, 
feeding dogs and watering dogs and getting ready for bed and whatnot. And, and I'm, I start calling. I'm like, Taylor, Taylor, where are you? you know, Taylor, come here. And uh, this old guy, he's kind of a funny guy. He comes walking over. He says, oh, you looking for Taylor? I said, yeah. You know, hell, I've been calling his name for five minutes. <laughs> and uh, he goes, oh, oh. I said, well, have you seen him? He said, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just a few minutes ago. I said, well, where, where, where is he? Oh, he's in my trailer. I said, well, what the hell is he doing in your trailer? He said, oh, that rosy dog's in heat. And, uh, and I said, really? And he said, I saw all I needed to see today. And, uh, <laughs> and anyways, uh, those puppies turned out to be spectacular puppies. And then we've just kind of kept it going. It, it just worked where that dog and, and his dogs, uh, the, the mesh went well and, and we've just kept it going since then. So yeah, they all go back to, to that same bloodline that that female was out of. Okay. And how and are you, is that what you're running now with like yeah. bobcats and stuff too? Yep. 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 Cool. Absolutely. Where in Texas are you? So I'm, as a crow flies, I'm about 50 miles north, northeast of Laredo, Texas. So Way right down. Now, yep. Right <laughs> down here on the border. And is that like yep, so. mid? I'm trying to think of where that is. It's directly south of San Antonio. Okay. So right in the middle of the state. San Antonio's about in the middle of the state. You go directly south of there. That's yeah, I went we to um, southern Texas, right in that same area. And Yeah, yeah, you weren't very far from us. Yeah, and it was... You are just east. It was awesome to watch, you know, because cat hunting there is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> yeah, said, it, slightly. And 20 dogs, and it was just impressive to watch the the handle on on some of that you know you got that many dogs and some and there's some good cat hunters around texas southeast there South is texas and stuff. really good cat hunters yeah yeah and so it, yep. it's uh that's impressive I, I imagine how many dogs are you running uh usually i run oh well it varies but usually usually about 14 because that's what fits in my truck good um i'm down to down to 11 right now so just right. just uh just had another litter and so i i moved a couple dogs out um and uh, but yeah usually usually between 10 and 14 is kind of about my number yeah a lot of cats down so, there too isn't there it's uh and i don't know this for fact but i've heard from a couple guys who are you know way more educated than i am on the deal they say this is the densest bobcat population in the u.s wow so yeah that we're lucky nice. we're lucky yeah yeah it's it's neat uh i know two guys down here went out and in a 24-hour pe- uh, period robbie hurt and Stephen ball i uh caught 11 cats in a 24-hour period wow in rough country too I, thick we tried to get robbie to do a podcast with us he won't he wouldn't do it yeah, he's that doesn't surprise me. You know the best part about Robbie Hurt? Or, or not the best part. I, that's, a, that's a crappy way of saying things, man. You know the best part? No. We're still working We're, on Buddy here. In guys. the shop, you know, uh, Jess, she she answers the phone. So Robbie <laughs> Hurt. I know right where he's going. Jason knows where this is going. Yeah, because we talk about it all the time. We count so, how many times so, it happens. So Robbie always says, adios at the end, right? He's got that. He's got that Texas accent, and he's always like, adios. 
So, and so we all talk about it. And that's what, one of our favorite parts of, of ending a phone call with Robbie Hurt is, is the way he says adios. And he won't say that to Jess. And Jess is just like, she gets so disappointed every time she goes off the phone with Robbie and he doesn't give her the adios. She's like, <laughs> she's just, it's just been like two years she's been waiting for the Robbie Hurt adios. Uh, enough and, that I send her a message and all I'll say is adios and hit send. <laughs> she, Boom. Just, she goes ballistic. She's just, anyways. <laughs> I'll have to oh. call him and tell him to make sure he says audio. Yeah, you when tell him to call to Jess, Jess tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. She don't listen to the podcast. She'll, I mean, she, uh, he will make her day <laughs> if, she's, if he says adios. I'm telling you what, there will be like jumping jacks in the shop. She's been waiting for for the adios from, from, from Robbie forever. Anyways. So not, not to change the subject here, but I just got some information that goes back to what we talked about in the beginning and uh oh geez we, we absolutely have to mention this um so <laughs> candace I, I declined my phone call that apparently you didn't so or something. <laughs> I, I i declined the phone call too but i got the text and oh. uh so candace that that game warden that was involved um that shot at the dog caught it put it in her garage uh, now she's screaming and saying that the hound got her dog sick and they had to euthanize it and it is all the hound's fault and in a roundabout way, that hound killed her dog. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you... That's a freaking stretch, man. You can't make this shit up. I mean, I just... it it. Yeah, I, I mean it's it was the hound wearing a it. mask. If you're if you're if you're a hound, you gotta wear a mask. If you're Good not a hound, <laughs> no mask for you. Oh, they got kennel cough because that's going around that here. Well, and I mean uh, the hound itself is still alive, so right. Uh, <laughs> not not by any help of her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sorry, to interrupt that, but it. The, the phone call came through and I declined it and then the text message came through and and it was too good to, uh, not, to share. not share. What's that grasping at straws and act of desperation right there? Yeah, uh, that's that's something. This so, that's what it sounds like. Uh, I mean, it, I mean that just goes to really show. Maybe the, the dog got traumatized by the gunshot and yeah. You know, I mean, psychological there's other factors out there. Psychological abuse, entrapment. <laughs> um, what else can we just having, having to deal with an owner like that? would be like, yeah, no, I'd probably I'd kill myself too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really something. So, oh. um, anyhow, it, I don't even remember where we were at. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I don't either, James. After something like that, I'm like, well, I just throw a freaking bomb in the middle. Oh, we took, we have to take another break. We're gonna have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, so um, I, I remember so Shorty, you, <laughs> Shorty, you had mentioned uh, about that dog that had been laid up and hurt, and how he was he was ready to hunt down there at home, but he maybe wasn't quite ready to go hunt in the mountains. Do you do you notice anything between? I guess with you always hunt new environments and always going to new places. Um, do you notice any? I guess weakness in your dogs or anywhere where you find that there's more of a struggle by, by switching places like that, going from that real flat ground to, to running in the hills or, or trailing conditions or scent wise, or, I mean, is there any challenges that you 
see there? Um, that's a great question, and I, I, I don't. Um, and I think it's be, I think the old dogs I had, I would, I would, I would see a huge difference um, in a lot of the places I go. But just the fact that um, that they want to go. F- like in a lose, they want, they'll go as far as it takes. And, um, the old dogs wouldn't go near range out near as far to pick up that lose. And so, um, I do see a range difference. Like say when I go from here to, to rough country, mountainous country, they, a dog down here that'll go, you know, five, six, 700 yards to pick up a lose. will go two or 300 yards there to pick up because yeah. it's uphill or whatever downhill they'll obviously go further or whatever but i i do see um a difference there uh i think like when i was in florida with in the swamps um same thing like those dogs uh those dogs would reach out and jump a swamp or swim through a swamp or whatever to get to the other side to try to pick it up where those those old dogs that i hunted would not have um but, uh, but no, I, I, I don't, and we're a, we're a dry climate down here. Like, so if you go like buddy, where, where buddy was, um, over there east of me, it's a little more humid. Um, we're like I 35, when you get into South Texas, it's kind of like the seam where if you go 70 miles to the east, you're getting into that coastal kind of country. If you go 70 miles to the west, you're getting into the desert. So we get our humid yeah. days and we get our dry days. So, um, but we're real droughty I, either way you go, we can be really droughty. So these dogs in South Texas have got to be able to work, uh, uh, in the, you know, dry, dry ground. Yeah. Um, and the brush and, and the brush, got some serious brush, hard um, brush. Yep. And then, um, uh, and you guys know what it's like to hunt bobcats. So it's, mm-hmm. it's tough here. And, and when that, I leave here, it's, but, but the race in, in, in Texas, and I only seen one, so I don't. I'm very limited, right? I don't. But I've seen some G, you know, some GPS tracks and stuff. And there's a lot of spinning on a, a bobcat. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, the the links I um, in Canada mm-hmm. acted more like the, the the bobcat tracks I've seen in right. Texas, where they're back in on each other. Yep. And I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. So what we'll um, what we'll have here, like it, like oftentimes, you can run a cat in a straight line for a long ways but when they get to their home they boy they just start turning and then it gets smaller and smaller and and the you know the longer the race goes the tighter it gets and and they go to running in that thick stuff and that's when it's cool especially there's a lot of roads in a lot of this country you can get right in the middle of it you could be 50 60 yards from the whole race and it may last for you know an hour it's cool they duck yeah. pretty hard on you down there, yeah. Or are they just pretty much corkscrew. No, they'll they'll do it all, man. They'll squat. They'll they'll yeah. They they do they do it all. And do you think that do you think that makes it or do you notice? Is it any easier going from running that brush and and all that thick shit to going and hunting big timber? I mean, do you have are your dogs locating easier and faster on that big timber where they're they're not having to fight through that brush to try and, and locate where that cat is. Ah, uh, they like, I think it's easier running a cat in this brush. Like once they get it running, um, because you got, 
you're you're getting skin cells, you're getting their breath, you're getting all that stuff on that brush. So as far as actually running it, locating's a different story, and that's where I have to be on my A game in the timber is um, when those dogs when that track stops and they start that you know that they just you, you guys have all seen it on that Garmin where it's just a big circle and those dogs are just yeah. over here. I got to get in there and 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 go looking up and uh that's the one probably weakness that i see i'm not gonna say that that these these running dogs don't locate because they they do but if conditions aren't great and the cat's real high uh these dogs are not gonna locate like your guys' dogs at all yeah so it's, it's probably a weakness yeah yeah but i mean i'm in that it, boat <laughs> or, or even the fact of you know i mean I don't know, but I mean, how, are you running bobcats in the timber or are you running lions? Both. You know, that'd be yeah. a whole different. Sure. And, know, a lion I'd, I'd and, consider way different. No, than, and the lions, they'll, they'll, you know, uh, that 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 more that time in the morning when it's getting hot and that air's rising, even a lion they may not locate. But, um, but no, they most of the time on a lion in that big timber, they locate it. Um, and, and they'll locate a lot of the cats, but I just... I just expect them not to, you know. <laughs> uh, Put your Nikes on, switch yeah. out the cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get in there and uh, and go to looking. Yeah. Interesting. So. And so what's a, what's an old track right there at the house? I mean, time-wise time in that real dry stuff and – like where I live here, we're only getting, you know, we get like six inches of rain a year. And so it's, it's really, really dry here compared to, you know, where Buddy and Jason are at. Um, but down there, I mean, as far as a age of a track, what's a, what's an old track? So I've, I've, Robbie Hurt and I right across the street from my house here and it's tough right here. It's, I, I usually go east or west of my house cause it's, it's as tough as you want it to be right here and um and a lot of cactus and but anyways we were hunting this ranch just to the north of my house here a couple miles and and uh we actually saw the cat walk across the road about 150 200 yards ahead of the dogs and they were cold trailing wow and um and but on the other side of that when conditions were ideal, I've had, I've caught a cat and then had the dogs go, go keep hunting and hit, hit the long end of that track and have them trail right up into that track and, and into that tree and be nine hours later. Yeah. So, hmm. um, that's kind of anywhere between there, I guess is all from my experience. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, you know. But, it's not very helpful. No, no, but it can be tough, man. The summertime, like this time of year, whew, it's it's that's, tough. That's what the guy you say is. I don't explain it; I just report it. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah that that fascinating. Like I said, it, it, and that's why I was talking uh, with with Mark Boyer uh, on the last podcast, and it was like conditions just changed so much different even you know so like in oregon you got different conditions you got desert you got you know coast and you got you know different you know southern oregon eastern oregon 
and it sounds like Texas, the same thing. You got within Texas, you got the desert and you got more of a, a coastal yep. brush or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and it's like, that's what people got to understand is, is even inside these states, you'd be like, oh, Texas. It's like, man, there's different, there's you know, different things in Texas. Absolutely. And then, and then even that, you know, you got, um, within the hour things change. I, we were trailing a cat just yesterday and, and, uh, had some friends with me and, and, uh, had, uh, they started the track and it just, it's just getting, it's just getting worse and worse. Well, I like when I drive around down here in the morning times, uh, I'll feel the roof. Well, if the, of my truck and the roof's wet, the roof's wet, the roof's wet. And then man, it was that time in the morning that like that nine o'clock time that yeah. dew starts rising and that track goes to crap within minutes just it it just it changes so you, that's a so you thing. think it's the change because i know one of my mentors he always said he he says it's the change that the dogs have a hard time with so he says if it's if there's dew he wants to stay that way yep. if it's you know if, if if it's cold or whatever he wants it to stay cold if it's hot he wants it to stay hot if it's you know what i mean he just doesn't want that change that transition is what he said has the hardest part. I think it has a lot to do with it, but I also think like in the dew, when that dew rises, it just takes that scent with it. Now, mm -hmm. if they can, if they're close enough to that cat to, 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 to keep it moving, once that dew's gone and it leaves scent on, on the soil without the dew, without the dew yeah. they can keep it, they can keep it rolling. But yeah. it's just, yeah, it's that. And, and, them stinking. and vice versa, like, they, uh, if a cat walks and then you get due, man, it's like, it's almost like it forms a layer of like a barrier on it. Yeah. It's almost a, like hunting on top of ice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And I've, I've had that before where you a track that's frozen, you know, say it's six in the morning, that track has a layer of ice over it and been able to come back at nine in the morning as that sun comes up and run it gets rid of that ice and you can run that track yep. a lot of times a lot better after the fact than you can during i've heard of i've heard of that like and of course we don't hunt in the cold country here but i've heard guys stay in the coffee shop till it warmed up <laughs> yeah and i i used to not really necessarily be a firm believer in that but uh it, i've seen it happen enough times now where I, I do think that there is some truth to that yeah i'd have to agree but I do know, like, okay, so um, back to your question, buddy, on the change. Like those guys that hunt that um, that south, like that New Mexico, Arizona, and stuff. That's you hear those guys trailing, you know, couple day old tracks. Yeah, and uh, and that's what they say. It's it's on those days of the year where there's no change from morning to night. Like there's, you know, the humidity stays the same, the temperatures doesn't fluctuate very much all these things don't fluctuate very much and that's when you can trail those two and three and four day old tracks it's it's not common but but they do have days like that occasionally yeah makes sense and you see that in the even hunting the snow like over where i'm guiding out in north idaho it, if if it stays a consistent you know 20 degrees and you get some cloud cover in there and it it never warms up never cools down you can run you know especially on good snow four day old tracks quite regularly that's wild yeah 
Yeah. Cool. I'm not doing that here. <laughs> Four days? <laughs> no. It's dry as a popcorn fart down there, ain't it? Damn you need right. Some better dogs. Yeah. No kidding. Some... <laughs> no kidding. Oh well, what's what's up for your your year? Did did you guys get shut down for? for the COVID and all that? Did it change your life much? Or did you get to stay home more? Or, I mean, what? Man, it, it, well, yeah, it changed our life. Uh, we went from, you know, being, oh, shoot, 30 weekends a year to maybe we're going to go next weekend, maybe we're not. And, and we've just recently, with the PBR, opened back up to 100% full capacity at all our venues. And then now we have this Delta variant. So it all depends on, city on the city like we want to go everywhere um obviously we have a protocol i have to test within 48 hours of travel um and then test again when i get on site uh so there's and then you know depending on the the mass mandate of the city and of the venue we have to abide by all that so yeah it's it's changed a lot of stuff but luckily we're getting back into, and we all took pay cuts because, you know, we're in the entertainment business. So when you have a venue that can only have 30% capacity, we're obviously only making 30% of the money. So, uh, so we as employees had to take pay cuts and, and, uh, but anyways, it's, it's, it's getting better. So, uh, we're, we're excited. Yeah. To, well, I would imagine a lot of the customers of that would be a little more, I don't know. Not Rodeo crowds different. They're, they're they're all us. They're all us. So when yeah. when when the restrictions started lifting, man, people were like, "Hell yeah, we we're ready to come." <laughs> and it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. No, my buddy was roping. I mean, we had rough stock rodeo here at the county fair about last week, I guess. You know, and it's it was cool to go to a rodeo. It was funny because the the attendance was way down. But the people that were there, I mean, like you said, they're us. Yep. And, you know, they started off the same way they always do. There's a yep. prayer. There's the national anthem. I mean, I feel proud to take my kids to stuff like that. And it's uh, rodeo folk are about second to none. You can include that with Houndsman Man. And yep. you're dealing with some good people. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Well, as we start to wrap up here, we, we definitely need a train wreck. We, we gave a pretty damn good train wreck with the 911 call, but. Right, no kidding, right? Uh, yeah, that that'll go in the book. The ongoing. This is to be continued, apparently, right? <laughs> apparently so. Yeah, it's not over yet. This gal's going nuts. <laughs> yeah, it uh, changes by the minute. So. Yeah, yeah, we, we gotta get off of here and be like, well, we gotta do another podcast, right? <laughs> so yeah, so I've been thinking. I when when uh, James asked me if I'd come on, I've been thinking. I thought, oh hell, I gotta do a dang train wreck. So. um the thing that you got to know about. Well, before we do that, before we, you, you've been working with Houndsman XP. We, should, we need to give a plug for that. Yep. You beat me to it, man. I know. See, I, I'm so scattered with, with the 911 tape that I'm like, I'm not even paying attention. But one of the cool things, Shorty, I, I, all I'm going to give you kudos for is you've done some of these tips and tricks on Facebook, like watering a dog, you know, poking a hole in a water bottle and. Little Kettle things tags. like that. So if you're not following, those are good. I mean, if somebody hasn't told you that's a good idea, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Like some of them, I'm like, damn, that's a good idea. Like some of that stuff you guys are doing is awesome. So appreciate keep that it. stuff coming, you know. And uh, like I say, Houndsman XP. I know we used to sponsor them. We're not sponsoring you guys right now. We, we the offers out there. Like, as far as if you guys ever want to get back in the sponsor, we're happy to sponsor you guys. 
we want to support you guys you guys are doing good stuff and and so before we wrap up i just want to make sure that we're clear that go download hounds of xp Here's lots more from shorty and- no absolutely and i think man i think it's cool that everybody everybody's kind of got their own style doing their own thing and and uh there's there's a lot to gain from all of them so exactly uh it's it's pretty easy to search for for uh for every i follow every every hound every hunting dog podcast there is i'm i'm all aboard it's gotten crazy lately too i mean like there's a lot of hound content out there for these guys now which is awesome i think it's great because you know sometimes um i know teaching my kids uh my father-in-law was one of the greatest rodeo athletes that's ever lived and um he he would tell my son certain things in you know teaching him to rope and 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 my boy would look at him like i have no idea what the hell you're talking about and i could tell him <laughs> in a, the same exact thing in a different way and he's like oh i got it and vice versa i could tell him something and my father-in-law could tell him something in a different way and he's like i got it and so sometimes you're 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 saying the same thing or whatever um but somebody says it in a way that it resonates with you and, and, and it helps you become a better houndsman. And so that's why I'm, I'm, I listen to all of them. Cause I, I take tidbits from everybody. Yeah. And if you're like me, you got to listen to it twice. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, <laughs> or three times. I, I have enough airplane time. I get to listen to them all twice. Yeah. <laughs> No, I want the Learjet story short. You got to come back on when you got the Learjet and you got the dogs in the back. Well, I hadn't got to do that. Well, you need to go back to Brayman's for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to double you. I'm like, if, if there's one thing I dream about, because I don't want, I don't care about being rich or any of that crap. You know what I mean? Like I do this for gas money, but I do, I am thinking like on a two hour drive to the woods sometimes, I'm like, you know, it would be really badass to have a helicopter. helicopter. But I need a helicopter that I can roll my truck into. Damn know? right. Like one of them, there you one go. of the big ones, they roll the thing in and be like, yeah, take me to Mount Hood. Hey, that's, call, that's what I want. Call the Taliban. They probably got some for sale. Yeah, they got some extras, I hear. <laughs> we were joking, Shorty. If you haven't seen Shorty lately, he looks like the Taliban. We were making a joke that he can go over there and pick up some nice rifles and some Humvees right now. I'm just trying to fit in, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. So give us your story here before I cut you off. I want to make sure we, I, I wanted to make sure that we didn't forget that. And I'm a forgetful son of a bitch. No, so I appreciate I, I it. To get that in there. Likewise, likewise. No, so, so the, the thing you got to remember about any professional athlete, like they're either naturally good at something or they, or they really try hard to be the best at it. <laughs> and so, uh, I've had to work at, being a good houndsman, I've had to work at being a good bullfighter, but the shit show I'm a natural at. So, uh, <laughs> got it. So we, uh, so this story was like, I didn't even have any hounds at the time. I was just thinking about getting some hounds. Didn't really know much about it. And I had a, a friend that rodeoed that had some hounds and we were in Southern California. Bear hunting was still legal with hounds. So I go with him and, uh, I go with him a time or two with like this third time I go with him, we, we pull into this parking lot and he had a, he had a, a clan of people that kind of followed him. He was kind of the leader of this little group. And anyways, I pull into this parking lot or we do, I'm riding with him and I, and I start looking around and I'm like, and I'm counting hounds and I'm like, at like 27 or 30 hounds or something. I, I quit counting and I'm like, 
I said, holy crap, this is going to be a shit show. Like, I hope you got a game plan. And he said, oh, I do, I do. We're going to send these guys down here, these guys over here, and these guys over here. So we uh, we send a, a group down the North Ridge and a group down this, this canyon, and then we go more uh, off to the to the east, and and we go down this ridge, and, and we go a ways, and we hit this damn track, and the dogs go, and they tree the bear. Well, the bear's, bear's treed, and we're sitting there listening, and, and all of a sudden, I can hear a group of hounds coming, and I'm like, hey, there's hounds coming over there. Well, what this bear had done, this bear had crossed every one of our paths and came <laughs> over, and we hit the shortest part of it, so we, we, we got him treed. Well, then all the other dogs come and they hit the tree. So it was like and, the second and, round, the second layer comes in. Yeah. The second layer comes, and they all hit the damn tree about the same time and blow right on by it. And I have no idea what happened from there. All I know was we spent the next, I don't know how many, that was early in the morning. We were there till midnight or something, trying to pick up hounds and, and find the good old days. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's before, garmin right so um so anyways we got a dog left there a couple dogs left there so i leave and and i go off to another ranch and work cattle and i'm and i'm driving back this is a few days later and, and this guy calls me he's like hey I, I really need help this one dog we we haven't got her out of there yet but these other guys aren't tough enough to go where we need to go i need somebody that can go with me i said okay i i, I can be there we'll go tomorrow but i said i got to this was like gonna be Sunday. That's the part. That's the part, Shorty, where you're like, oh, that's no, so good. Nah, hell, I'm I'm in. But anyway, I was like, I, I can only go one day because I got to go back to. I got to be at work. We got to work cattle again and stuff. So anyhow, I go to his house. He's got this little camper trailer, and I stay out in the camper trailer. And I wake up next morning, and we're in kind of the high desert, um, but not near at the elevation we're going to go to and there's like a foot and a half of snow at 4,000 feet and we're going to six or 7,000 feet oh, and I'm like oh shit and so anyways we go up there and, and we're pushing through snow and we get up there and so we decided we're just going to triangulate her we, we got two we got two readings with the telemetry for the horses are on foot. No, no, we're still in the truck. And Okay. And but we're like okay, for for those people that don't know that you young guys that and gals, <laughs> telemetry like it just gives you a beacon and you have a a, a remote or a uh, box with an antenna, you can only tell the direction and somewhat the distance by the gain. It's one step below prayer. magic. I mean, <laughs> right, like you got right. magic, and then you got the telemetry boxes. Yeah, right. You try to triangulate them, so then you have pretty good idea where the middle is. So, anyways, we get two readings, and we're gonna go down around by and park down in this canyon by this prison, and walk up the canyon. The road is closed. We're gonna walk up the canyon, get the third reading, and then we'll know exactly where she's at and be able to come get her the next day hopefully with a snowmobile so we go around to the third place and we hike up the canyon and we get up uh, as far as we can get the reading okay we know right right where she's at and we're making a plan of how we're going to get in there and we're walking back down the toward the truck and there's a bear track comes across our track in the snow so it's like 
30 minutes old, right? And it's a big yeah. bear track. And so this guy looks at me and he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, you know damn good and well what I want to do. Like, you got dogs <laughs> in the box. Let's go get them. And so we go get them. We come back up, turn dogs loose. Boom. They run around this little knob and there they are. So I don't have, like, I'm thinking, oh, this is just an easy deal, whatever. I Like, he's got a 44, whatever. So we go up there, and I didn't think we had any intention in the world to, to kill the bear. Anyways, we get up there, and and it gets, like, really brushy. Like, it reminds me a lot of this country. Like, we're not able to go over it. Like, we're, we got to go under it. So we're getting in there. We're within 100 yards, and we're crawling underneath well every time you hit those you guys are in snow country you guys are used to that crap and that it that snow's just falling on you go down your collar and it's just miserable that sounds really good right now i mean it it sucks when you're there (laughs) yeah (laughs) like in this heat that sounds kind of nice no kidding (laughs) so our gloves are wet our hands are freezing like we're crawling and 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 i'm right on his ass and we're crawling through this deal and all of a sudden one of his dogs comes back to him and like runs right like he's going to run into him and he like barks in his face, turns around and he hauls ass back. And this guy turns around and he looks at me and he goes, shit, this bear's mean. And I was like, <laughs> and I go, I go, what? He goes, that's what that dog was telling me. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, no, really? That's what that dog does. So the dog ran that. out of the bush, yep. barked in the guy's face. Just fair warning. Yeah. And then went back and was like, holy yeah. shit, this other bitch is a big one. Come on. And I found out later, like like after hunting with them for years, like he was right. That's what that dog did when they had a bad bastard. Like, hey, we need help here. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be put out. yeah. So we crawl in there. He's probably being like, I'll take it with you. If you don't want to come, I'll, I'll take the gun with me. Cause yeah, he's saying, hurry up. Yeah, that's exactly oh, that's what funny. he's saying. So we're crawling, like we get up to, and then all of a sudden this guy, and I can't see nothing, but his ass and snow above me and brush and all of a sudden, and I know we're getting close cause I could hear the volume of the dogs and whatnot. All of a sudden I just like, he just draws his gun, turns on his hip, boom, 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 and, and shoots. And, uh, and the dogs come off and, uh, and I was like, Did you kill him? He's like, I hit him. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, that's good. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> so the dogs come off and we crawl around there down the corner and the dogs did, they had, some, they had cuts on them all over the place and stuff. They'd been beat up pretty good and, uh, not, not all, but you know, not big cuts, just a lot of them had little nicks in them and stuff and. And we see blood and it's the bear. And he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, well, we got to, we got to go out. That's probably a good way to go out. Let's follow the damn. He's like, let's get these dogs back on them. So he hisses them dogs back on that bear and they go down and it goes down a little hill probably. Oh shoot. I don't know, 50 feet. And, and then the trail makes a left-hand turn and, and then it tees into a creek. Well, the dogs go down there and man, you can hear them baying like crazy now. And so we go and we're, again, we're on our hands and knees and we're crawling down through there. And all of a sudden these dogs, they come rolling around this corner and they come up the trail right at us and they do not slow down when they get to us. They just boom right by us and right on their ass is a bear. 
<laughs> and so, so this guy, he, he pulls his pistol out again. And as the bear's coming around the corner, boom, he shoots him. And I hit, I see it hit this time. It hits him right in the neck. And this bear, he's like, and he like, he stood up on his hind end and, and like clawed at his neck and, and like, like that. And the next thing I hear is click, click, <laughs> click. Oh shit. Retreat, <laughs> retreat. <laughs> I'll never forget. He said, retreat, retreat. <laughs> and, and he's turning around and he's, he's headed my way. And so I just, I roll over on my side, to let him go by me. I didn't figure it'd be good to have a pile up in that little, you know, trail. Let the guy go by you? <laughs> yeah, let the guy go by me. And I was like, so I'm thinking, like I said, shit slows down, right? So oh, yeah. I'm, okay, thinking, I'm, I'm like, pretty slow right now. I'm pretty sure things are slow motion. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, like, there's no way we're going to outcrawl this bear in this brush. Like, I'm, and I'm not going to die getting bit in the ass first. So <laughs> I had a knife in my backpack and it was a sharp knife. And so I like, so I reach in my backpack and I jerk this damn knife out and, and I get it like in my hand where the blades toward the like palm side instead of my thumb side, you know? And I'm like, okay, when this bastard tries to bite me, I'm going to stick this backpack in his mouth and I'm slitting his throat with the knife. Right. And so and he had the backpack ready to shove in his mouth. Oh, well, <laughs> he thought all this I, all through. Was, slow yeah. motion. I'm getting short of He's going, you are on slow motion. You're like a ninja on so, the mountain right now. So here he comes. Right. And I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Like, don't, don't, don't show it too soon. Cause he's not going to go for it. Right. So like, you gotta wait till the last minute. And, and all of a sudden, like this bear gets to me and, and his eyes start to get glazed. And he starts to kind of wobble. And then the son of a bitch like just turns around and kind of falls back down the trail. And boom, there he is. He and didn't want to tussle with Shorty, man. He, That's what happened. He, and I was like, we're going to edit this story, Shorty. We're going to be like, and I shoved the backpack in his mouth. And I <laughs> was like, no. We're going to make it cooler even. And, and I, I was like, holy shit. Like, what the hell? And I look back and there this guy is trying to reload his gun and his hands are shaking and he's like he ain't even got the first bullet in it and and he's like what what the hell were you doing like what what do you think you're gonna do i was like well like i wasn't gonna rely on you to shoot this damn thing like you're i was gonna shove a backpack in his throat and stab him in the neck yeah i think they recreated this on the cover uh, of outdoor life in like 1960 uh, yeah. <laughs> after that he was he was like man you can go bear hunt with me anytime i was like i don't know if i want to go bear hunt with you and, and what the deal was you know what you, shorty i'm gonna do whenever we go hunting together if we ever go hunting i'll be like get you got your backpack shorty you got yeah. your knife yeah. that's what i want to know <laughs> the deal was he only loaded because he shot the first time he shot it four times. And then when it came around the corner, he shot it again. He only loaded like he didn't load all six. Sure. Yeah. He just loaded set it on an empty. a row. Yeah. Set it on an empty. And I was like, son of a. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That yeah. was the, the slowest 30 <laughs> seconds of Shorty's life. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, yeah. I was just like, because you had time to like, you just like thought it through. Like, okay, if I crawl. He's probably gonna bite me in the ass and like drag me back to him slowly. And, <laughs> it's gonna be a, that's gonna be a shitty gonna, way to die. It's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. What if I shove a backpack in his th- in his mouth? <laughs> yeah, well, that makes it all better. This is what why kind he of messes with bulls. 
just to stay in shape. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. So, yeah, that yeah. was that was one. I had to I had to think of another one for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of backpack? I want to know what. I'm I'm like enthralled with the backpack. I mean, it like, was just cheap, man. It was just something I'm cheap telling ass. you, back in the day, it had to be a pretty crappy backpack. But it was probably like, like a Jan we, Sport or Jan Sport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think you could send that to us? We're gonna, we're trying to make a. Like a museum, we got right. collars and stuff. I want to, I want to put that backpack, backpack. in the museum. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know if I still got it. Uh, <laughs> I did. I lost oh. the knife too. That was the crappy part. Oh man, that's the best knife I ever owned. On that trip or on a different? No, trip? no. Later on a deer hunting trip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm. I'm. What did like you do to the deer? Jeez. About, I'm yeah. neurotic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whenever I'm I'm dressing a deer or an elk, I'm like I'm always like worried I'm gonna lose my knife because I lose everything. Right. And losing a knife when you're skinning an animal or gutting an animal sucks. You yep. know, it's like yep. You're digging yep. around. I mean, you just want to be done. So no. I was actually uh, James. I was actually on a, a, a whitetail hunt up there along the border there um, with um, oh not Mike. Uh, but what's his what's his partner? Gary. Gary. I, and, Gary. And Gary had the same exact damn knife as I was using there, and I was like, "Where in the hell did you get that knife?" And he couldn't remember either. But that, <laughs> it, he said the same thing: is the best knife he ever owned. Huh. Yeah. So for Christmas, if anybody's listening, Shorty wants a new knife. <laughs> yeah. No, I got a lot of knives. I just don't <laughs> got that one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that was good. James, you got anything to to round that story up? Any backpack no, stories? I, I don't think so. I I don't even have anything to top that story. <laughs> I don't know if I can make something up. We're gonna have to. We got to get a little rougher in our in our story making. We order. <laughs> oh. Shorty Jason? just set the bar for everybody else coming on for train wrecks. I mean, that's pretty. That's, yeah. it, it's, that's not a good thing. You don't want to be the train wreck king. You just, like it's not good. Oh, that's why we no. do that train wreck because it's like everybody's, every not everybody has a backpack story, Shorty, but everybody's got a story. But. Everybody's got a story. No, that's exactly right. You don't want to be the winner though. Like that's it. Like it's not, it's, it's, it's not a cool thing. Like, the Darwin I, Awards anymore. Like I enjoy just going out. Nothing wrong happens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like everybody knows what they're doing. Right, right. That's rare. No kidding. That's rare, especially if you're hunting with Buddy. That's even rare. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. All right, guys. Good one. We're going to wrap this one up. <laughs>